If you have your Bibles, this would be a good time to open up your Bibles to the book of Mark, um, chapter 5, and I'll wait for you just a moment. Mark chapter 5, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, so right there. And we're going to read from verse 25, just a handful of verses Are you ready? Mark 5, 25. And a certain woman, the Bible will offer no name. She is known by her affliction. A certain woman which had an issue of blood 12 years and had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all that she had and was nothing bettered, but rather grew worse. When she heard of Jesus, she came in the press behind and touched his garment. We would know that as the zitzit. She touched the, the covenant. It was the garment that was beneath the garment, the hem. For she said, if I may but touch his clothes, if I can just touch his clothes, I shall be whole. Now today I preach to you about the press. The press. She came in through the press. Father, I pray your anointing. Let it go out to every person that hears and sees this, Lord. I pray for your anointing and your power and your spirit. Invest yourself, Lord, in every kitchen and living room, Lord, I pray. I pray, Lord, that you would do something to us and for us and help us to rearrange something in our own lives even now. We're taking advantage of this moment, Lord. You've ordered this way. You've ordered our steps. You've brought us this far. Nothing surprises you. You knew this day was going to come, Lord. You knew we were going to pass by this way. And so I pray right now, let us find the wonder and the majesty and the awe in it. Because you've designed it, Lord. You've made it this way, Lord. There are things we must do right now, Lord. Provisions, Lord, that you have provided for us, Lord. We've got to take advantage of it, Lord, I pray. I pray for all the people of the church and people that are looking on. I pray, God, that you would change the hearts of so many people right now in Jesus' name. All the people that have lost the way, been discouraged, left God, left the truth. I pray, let them come back, Lord, to the, to the truth of the word of God. Let this powerful doctrine, Lord, of the death, burial, resurrection flourish again, Lord, I pray, in their lives. And we thank you, Lord, for it. I know you're going to do a great work, and I thank you. I give you praise. Amen. Amen. I thank you. Amen. <clears throat> a single line of Scripture seems to describe our nation a handful of weeks ago. What was common and prevalent, what we all assumed, has been turned on its head. 
the single line come from the book of Mark, chapter 2, actually. It's not the only place where we find these words, or at least the image. And that particular verse, four men are carrying a friend to Jesus, but they have shown up late to the house where the Lord was, and the place was already full. People are standing on the outside. Here is the single line. They could not come nigh unto him for the press. In our world, the press, well, sometimes they don't have a good name. The press denotes, should denote, journalism and reports. These are the people, companies, folks walking around with notepads and cameras and microphones. They seek information for the benefit of the general public and then they pass it along. But the press of the Bible means something far different. Perhaps the best view of that is this woman, which the scripture characterizes as a person of means because she had something to spend. She is a woman who had an issue of blood. I know this sounds a little odd. I know how this must sound given our current culture, but in those days, in more ancient times, Women were not known to be wealthy. Few of them possessed lands or businesses. Fewer still could afford the services of a physician unless they had money or even some political connection. The Bible describes Lydia as a seller of purple. She had money, but perhaps she's an outlier and not the norm. The woman with the disease mentioned in Matthew, Mark, Luke, this woman, which had an issue of blood, They all describe her in the same condition. She has spent her life's savings, all of her living, on medical professionals, but she was not healed. She was, as the Bible describes, nothing better, but rather she grew worse. It was a long 12 years. What began as a painful problem, maybe smaller problem, became a life and death situation. We cannot say that she lived without fear, but it must have been something critical for her to spend all of her money and then be destitute at the end of those years. There are only a few clues into her situation, but they leap forward in the scripture as clear signals of her persistence take place. Medicine back then is not the same as it is today. In fact, today it's still called a practice, but back then it was really by trial and error. I submit mostly by error. If you look through the annals of medical history, you'll find odd things that we know that are not right. Even in the days of our early pioneers, the days of George Washington, physicians thought that bleeding, bleeding was a good thing. It helped get rid of of infection. Can you imagine? They would cut a vein and let the blood drain out on the ground. It was superstition, no less. It often ruled the venues of the earliest medical procedures. Back then, in the day of Jesus, there were cures, but it was mostly trial and error. The scripture puts it this way, The woman had suffered many things of many physicians and had spent all she had. She paid them to experiment on her. She suffered It not only cost her money, but it was painful. And sadly, and most assuredly, none of it worked. All of those years of suffering, and the issue was still the issue. 
All those payments, the accounts tapping dry, she was, as Luke, the physician among the twelve, wrote, she was still the same. Neither, he said, could be healed of any. This woman was left in a quandary. She has exhausted the list of physicians and her money as well. She has given her life savings to men who practiced their trade in her body but could not find a cure for her disease. There was no healing, no help, and no answers. Instead, she has, as the Bible says, grown worse. Whatever hope was once held has vanished and she enters the pages. Think of this. Now, finally, she enters the pages of the Bible depleted and alone. And I wonder, what does it take to enter the scripture? While I cannot answer the question and I'm left to find the answer maybe in another dispensation, I'm certain that as long as the woman had resources, she had no need of Jesus. I'm convinced that as long as she could see another doctor, learn of some other remedy, there would be no need of touching the hem of the Lord's garment. She had something else. So year one goes by, and then year two, and year three, there's another remedy. And year four, and five, and six, they're all a blur. She's seeking yet another answer by another physician. Someone gives her the name of a man with some new cure, some new procedure, and she gives her body and her money But to no avail, she is still not cured. Luke says that no one could heal her. She has yet to find a healer. There are no scripture references to her in her years of plenty when she has money, when she has things, when she has options. There are no pictures of her when life was good and she has things to fall back on. You see, when she has those resources, she has has no need of the Lord. When she has options... She has no need of reaching or touching him. But when the day finally came, 12 long years later, and the money ran out, and the doctors gave up, and the remedies melted away like the morning dew against the early sun, she looked for someone that would not fail, and she heard of Jesus. It took losing it all to find the Lord. For the woman with an issue of blood, it took being depleted and wiped out and empty and brokenhearted and ruined to reach, finally reach for Jesus. She has heard of him. People have been talking about him, this Jesus of Nazareth, for a long time. She must now know that he's close by. She's getting the news. She hears the crowd, the murmuring, the footfalls of the people. But getting to him now, it's not going to be easy. Finally, she's going to seek for him, but now it's not easy. She's alone and depleted and empty, but still there's the press. Not only is she weakened by her deteriorated condition, but the Bible says that the people are thronging him. They're pushing and pressing up against him. There's a massive crowd hoarding space and communication. It's called the press, the press, the press, the press blocks the way for the woman with an issue of blood. The press huddles around him, cutting off any access that she might have had. It's not going to be easy. It's a mob of the aggregation of flesh, from the lowest of peasants to his own disciples to the rank and file of dignitaries, all swarming to be next to him. She is not the only one there to see him. 
To them, they are the necessary crowd. They see themselves as the ushers, the guides, leaders, people that need to be there. But to her, they are the press. The press is anything that blocks that way to Jesus. It has always been and shall always be the press. And the Bible has this laid out all over the place. Think of it. That man they called Zacchaeus. He also wants to see Jesus, but he is a man of small stature. And there are too many people in the way. He too has to deal with the press. Like those four friends who tore, tore off the roof of a house and could not come nigh because of the press. Zacchaeus has shown up late and he's standing in the back, but he cannot hear very well and he cannot see the Lord and he desires to. Both Zacchaeus and the woman with an issue of blood have something in common. Both of them are desperate to see Jesus, to get close to him, to touch him and to hear him. And both are forced to make a decision about life about what's important to grasp and take advantage of an opportunity about priority and placement of themselves. Jesus is near, but he's out of reach. He's, he's close, but not that close. He, you, you, can't, you, you can't hear him. You can't touch him. You have awareness that he's there. He's, he's, he's around. His words of life have the unique ability to change everything. If only they could be heard and his touch has the power to heal everything. But the press, oh, it's so frustrating, the press. The cluster of so many other things in the way, some tangible and some intangible, some common to life and others by our own doing, the press. Things that we put on ourselves, the press. For the woman with the issue of blood, it was too many people in too small a place. There was no direct line to the Lord. For Zacchaeus, it was so many obstacles blocking his line of sight and sound. There were too many, no direct view. For the four men, there were so many folks and no way to get inside. That young man who pressed forward, those young men, someone had to climb up and tear off a roof to get to Jesus. And for the woman, she had to wade through the myriad of people. Zacchaeus cannot see Jesus, but... He wants to discover this Jesus of Nazareth, so he has to reposition himself to find the Lord. I hope you can see it now. Zacchaeus must reposition himself, even in an uncomfortable place, an abnormal place, if he wants to hear the words of the master. No one can do it for him. No one can bring him there. He's got to do it by himself. And he could simply walk away. He could have left but if he was going to find Jesus, he had to restructure himself. And the Bible tells us that he is so determined to see Jesus that he determines that Jesus is more important, has become more important than his own comfort and own pleasure. The press has made him choose between living the way he's always lived and now altering his norm. He revised himself he revamped refashioned himself and it causes him to have a life changing experience because when he repositioned himself to see the lord the lord then entered his home but Zacchaeus and the woman with an issue of blood they have limitations they're desperate to see the lord but they have limitations those four friends that tore off the roof they want to see the lord but they have limitations 
And I wonder about people like that, climbing trees, and tearing off roofs. I wonder, where are those people? What about those people? What kind of people tear off roofs and crawl on their knees and climb trees just to see Jesus? What kind of people will move outside the norms of society to seek him and find him and do whatever it takes to seek him and find him, to touch him, to hear him? What does it take to get to the point where you are so desperate to find the Lord that you'll do anything regardless of how it makes you look or where, where you are or what it costs you. I say that it takes a value system and a perception change. It takes a reordering of your whole life. It takes what we think is really important and rearranging all of that. You see, the press has not changed and it will never change. The press has been America's pursuit huh. until a few weeks ago. It's been gain. It's getting. It's social acceptance. Think of it. The press has been all about getting accepted by society. And now we are told to have social distancing. Huh. Of course, there's other forums. People want fame. They desire to be part of that, to be a media and social influencer, to have material assets, to do better than others. The press is what our government officials are promising to bring back right now. They will give monies, untold, unfathomable amounts of money to get us back to the press. The press is what so many investors and companies and nations are hoping will return. Millions are anxious to get back to the press. And while we all need jobs and we all want to make a good living, many of those things only come to cloud our view of Jesus. Sporting events. People don't know now what to do. There's no sporting events. Entertainment venues. All of Broadway has shut down. All the theaters are closed. Leisure and hobbies and ambitions and more. The list goes on and on. The press is a weekend all-star baseball league where parents pack their vans and cars and SUVs and run out to the next baseball game and they sacrifice worship and praise to be on a ball field. The press is buying stuff things that eventually make its way into storage units because we don't have enough room in our basements and our homes to keep all of that stuff. The press is social media stealing our time. It's the entertainment industry corrupting our hearts and distorting our once pure biblical views. The press has not changed. Busy schedules and the cares of this life, they all stand in opposition to sitting at the feet of Jesus. The press, ladies and gentlemen, is anything that keeps us from connecting to the healer. It is everything that blocks our path to touching him and hearing him and seeing him. And though I pray for our nation to be healed, and I do pray, it's not just a prayer for a cure to a virus. It's not just a financial recovery. I pray for those things. But I pray and I preach for a different kind of healing. And it evokes our priorities and what we value. I pray, oh God, let our values change. Let our priorities change. I pray, oh God, heal our land. Our land that once put you as the center of our lives. Heal our land, God. Our country used to not be ashamed to pray openly in the name of Jesus. Heal our land. Our people used to relish praise. Heal our land. 
prayer could be heard in our public arenas, in our town halls, in our public squares, in our schools. We used to be able to pray and say his name, heal our land. The press has choked it all out. It's blocked our path to Jesus. And now, now we need him more than ever. You need him more than ever. I need him more than ever. And I say to you who can hear with more than just your natural hearing, what is it I ask you that blocks you and keeps you from Jesus? Things? Cars? Please tell me, boats, 401ks, and stocks and bonds and material possessions, these are the things that we cherish. Please tell me, we cannot cherish these things. They're rusting away. They mean nothing. None of them look very good right now. In fact, none of them look good. I'm looking at all the shelves, too. I'm, I know our entertainment now is just going to the grocery store. That's the only entertainment you can have. You just walk around. Sometimes you buy things you don't really, I don't know, we don't need that syrup, okay, but let's move on. There's nothing to buy, even the things you need. In fact, you could probably pay your bills with rolls of Charmin and Purell hand sanitizer better than you could with money. People would probably trade their finest clothes and purses and shoes and other items for an N95 face mask. That's what's happening. Everything's changed. All that other stuff that we used to cherish and shine and all the things that we thought we had to have. We don't have to have those. That's part of the press. They've been blocking us to get to Jesus. And now we have an opportunity to see him if we will show ourselves we're empty and we're destitute and we've got nothing. And now is the time to push through and find the Lord. The press all this time has blocked us. It has limited our view to the master. And our resources have kept us out of the scripture. Our resources have kept us out of the book. We need to be in the scripture. But as long as we have resources and options, we have little need to read the Bible and study and consider the words of life. That woman didn't get in the scripture until she was depleted. And I pray we, don't, we should not have to be depleted to get into the scripture. So much nonsense has blocked us, stood in the way of the God's book. And as long as we allow the press to have its way, then we will eventually go back to the place where we left. But I don't want to go back today. I don't want to go back where I came from. I don't want to go back to life as normal. I don't want to go back to life as usual. I don't want your homes to suddenly close down when the church opens up again. I'm looking for people who will do anything to find Jesus, which might mean that we have to tear up some things that we once thought that was valuable and lay down some things we once cherished because we've got to get to Jesus. It might mean uh, that you push through your own inhibitions and your own pride and your own selfish lifestyles and your own ways so that you can touch the master. He is the healer. He's near. He's close. He's been there all the time. But we, like the woman of the issue of blood, we have our own issues. And now we've got to press to find him. They are issues of self-reliance. Oh, yes. It's all about us. Issues of misplaced priorities. God can come second or we'll give time for the Lord here and there. That's a misplaced priority, I say. Get your priorities back in line. Now is the time. It's issues of carnality and fleshly pleasure. Thinking that all this world has the answer. I tell you, it has no answer. It has no answer. 
the press in some ways might still be here even a little bit somehow it, it might mean pushing through fear or anxiety or uncertainty to touch him he is the healer we've all been looking for he is the answer for everybody's life Jesus is the answer for all the world today but the press uh, dare I say could be friends yes that consume your time with conversations of trivial matters could be jobs or endeavors that sound so grand and important but they're keeping you from having a walk with God they're blocking your way from having a relationship with Jesus Christ and one day this world is going to wrap up and not one job and not one car and not one friend and not one item not gold or silver or money or bank accounts are going to matter none of it is going to matter so look at it all now the curtain has been pulled back on the press now we see it's a meager thing the press is a meager existence it's a nothing it's fool's gold a paper mache product made to look worthwhile and valuable but it's temporal and I don't know how long it will take or even if we ever come out of this but I do know and I rise to say, the press will try its best to inch its way back into your life. It will cloud your vision as fast as it can. It will steal your attention away from what's happening right now. It will cover the face of Jesus and drown out his words of life. But I preach today, we cannot be a fickle people. We cannot seek the Lord on one weekend and forget about him the next weekend. We can never be the same. Don't ever let us go back. And I know what today is. I know what the day is. I know it's Palm Sunday. Palm Sunday had a special place in my childhood. My father pastored most of my life. And on this day, he would always buy palm leaves and have them spread out all over the altar. And while we were singing, people would come up and grab a palm leaf and they would wave them during the songs. It was a wonderful day. We've had so many wonderful times. He promoted the day of celebration of the Lord. But I distinctly remember him preaching one time that the church ought not forget the Lord and who he was when that day was over. Because while Jerusalem's chorus rang out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord. Seven days later, they call for his execution. They killed off the king of glory because so many other things blocked their ways. Among other things, they forgot. Life returned to normal. They no longer saw him. As the same man a week later, they didn't sing about him seven days later to be the son of David or the blessed one of Israel. They returned to a place before they saw him. The press, I submit, drove them back to life as usual and even worse. I'm preaching today to a culture of Americanism that while it has afforded us the opportunity to worship the way we want to worship, it has also presented a myriad of options that stand in opposition to the very gift it purports to present. Something must change. And if I reach for him... He will do things that only he can do that I could never do, that none of our resources could ever do. See, when that woman with an issue of blood reached for Jesus and when she touched the hem of his garment, the Lord felt it too. She pushed through 
She's using the last of her strength and she touched him. And here's the Bible. Jesus immediately knowing in himself that virtue had gone out of him, he felt it also. He turned him about in the press and said, who touched my clothes? He turned about there. He stopped. She made it through. She discovered him. And I submit to you, nothing in this life matters but finding Jesus. Surely we must know that by now. We used to sing it in old songs. Touching Jesus is all that really matters. The press. To get through it, you'll have to fight against it. You'll have to push your way past it. And for some, it might seem a little strange not to have the convenience of the church building or your prayer and praise time. Maybe it's suffered. But I say that we should not let these days go by. Don't let the days go by. They are here to teach us that things in this life do not matter. These days are here as an opportunity to refocus and reposition ourselves before the Lord. I preach today this word because I know that there will be a rise and a fall. There will be an anxiousness. You hear it everywhere. Can we ever get back? to where we were. I don't want to go back to the way it used to be. And the question is not whether Jesus can be found. That's not the question. We never ask him the question, can he be found? The question is, will we let doubt or location or the press stop us from reaching him? Here's what James said. Come near to God and he will come near to you. See, we must be changed. This is the time for the changing of our lives, our priorities, our hearts. If commerce and business and educational forms are set to change, as they all tell us, then let there be a spiritual awakening in all of us also, that we give our very best, our time, our life to God. It's probably the only good advice that we could ever draft from the friends of Job, his so-called friends. But I found a couple of words I'll offer them to you today. Come from the book of Job, chapter 5. I'll just offer a few words. But if it were I, his friend said, I would appeal to God. I would lay my cause before him. Because God performs wonders that cannot be fathomed and miracles that cannot be counted. Today... I'm laying my cause before the Lord. I'm reaching for Jesus to the press. And when I do that, I know that he'll feel it. He'll change my life. He'll enter my home and my life and my heart. When I make it through the press, all the things, I know that my life will be changed. And I say today to everybody, don't go back to where you used to be. All that chunk inside of your life all that bitterness and pain and anguish let it all go give it to the Lord today whatever has hindered you these are the days to change your life and your priorities your help is going to come from the Lord not the government not not friends or family not the neighborhood not any the Lord has the answer all of my help comes from the Lord I'm looking to Jesus now 
I'm changing my heart now. Come on, right now where you are, in your in your home, call on the Lord and just say, Lord, I need a change. I've got to change something. Say it. I I need something to be resurrected in me. I need something to be changing me. I don't want to stop singing Hosanna, Lord. I want these days to teach me something. Come on, pray this with me. I've got to be changed. I don't want to go back to those days where I muddle through life, Lord. I don't want to wait till I'm depleted of everything before I reach for you, but right now, I want to enter the scripture. I'm going to open up this book. I'm going to find out more about you. I'm going to change my family. I'm going to change my relationships. I'm going to change my priorities. My value system is going to be going to be changed forever. What I value, what I find worthwhile. I want to be centered around you, Lord. Be the center of my life. I cannot go back. Come on, commit that with me right now. We're not going to go back to the way it used to be. We're not going to go we're not going back to the way that we used to live but we're going to press forward we're going to make it Lord to you Lord every day every day uh, I'm lifting up my voice now I'm lifting up my heart now I'm raising my hands now come on join me join me wherever you are lift up your voice and your hearts and your hands and open up your life to the Lord he's with you he's here God is with you the Lord is with you that's right that's right that's right I love you I love you come on we're having an altar call right now let your home be an altar call right now wherever you are walk around your home kneel at your coffee table express your love to God make a commitment to the Lord and say I'm wiping out everything Lord. Oh, yes.